Yes, it is Wednesday, February 15, the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. If you're just tuning in, our women's cricketers this morning have won convincingly. They've beaten Bangladesh by eight wickets with 10 balls remaining. Georgia Wareham, player of the match with her three for 20 from four overs. And Meg Lenning, uh, our captain, 48 not out off 49 deliveries. Two for 111 in the end, chasing the seven for 107. So we're two from two to start the T20 World Cup in South Africa, we've got Champions League just kicking off. Sydney Kings tonight in the semi-finals against Cairns. Game one of the uh, best of three series. And very strong trial teams named ahead of this weekend. The final trials before round one of the NRL season. And we've got Dean Bulldog Richie coming on shortly. We've had some issues with the phones this morning. We were going to speak to John O'Shea and we'll speak to him after the 8.30 and uh, plenty, I don't know, I'm going to ask John actually whether he's ever had a better group of horses than what he's got at the moment because he's got some humdingers. Like that Cafe Millennium uh, was superb there on Saturday. Uh, we'll see where Lost and Running's at and various others as well. Uh, Zoo Tiger ahead of the Hobartville this weekend. Quantico. Quantico, a good winner weekend. last weekend. Gosh, he's got some options there. He's got a lot of good horses at the moment. I know he's had some very good horses uh, over the course of his training career, but as a bunch as a, as a whole, has he had better than what he's got at the moment? Uh, now, Adam Pengilly, because of the phone issues, so we've missed him this morning, but we've got his tip. His best bet today, and they're racing on the Kensington track there at Randwick today, and uh, Adam likes race five, number two, high court. Race five, number two, High Court. James McDonald in the saddle. Rod Northam is the trainer. Wide gate, $3.40 with tab and favourite. That's Adam Pengilly's tip today. But uh, great to have him back on the show. Dean Bulldog Richie. How are you, Bulldog? Yeah, good morning, boys. It's nice to be back. Had a long break, rejuvenated, and ready for another season of the NRL. And gee, it creeps up. Very, very quickly. You've written some stories about, uh, well, the heat, and uh, we're expecting it to be very, very warm on Saturday, and hence we've seen some kickoff times pushed back, and one of those being the World Club Challenge, of course. Yeah, I wrote a couple of stories, as you said. Uh, Middow one was uh, Monday. I wrote about uh, Nathan Gibbs, the leading sports doctor, claiming that it can be deadly uh, heat fatigue around this time of year. Uh, a New South Wales Cup referee who adjudicated a game at Penrith last Saturday was taken to hospital uh, through dehydration. Uh, so obviously there are concerns there, particularly with that World Club Challenge this Saturday night, Mido. Given St Helens did come out here in late January in an attempt to uh, acclimatise, but when you look back, it's only been probably around two weeks. And that's not a lot to get used to when you're talking about the fierce Australian summer. So I know you went through those times earlier, Jared. but yeah, the Dragons, Rabbitohs back to 4.20, Panthers and Helens back to 6.50, and Broncos, Cowboys uh, back to 8.55. So common sense there from the NRL. Uh, I also wrote a story yesterday about Danny Shepherd and those old enough to remember back in 1990, Danny had a heat stroke on the field. Uh, I tracked him down in far north Queensland and he revealed that he uh, had uh, liver and kidney failure, uh, was on dialysis and was in a coma for four weeks 
So clearly those kind of stories put the fear of God into all rugby league fans, as they should. And as I said, common sense has prevailed and the times have been put back. Uh, Bulldog, is there anything St Helens can be doing, apart from the basic, you know, make sure you're hydrated, you know, try and days leading up, try and avoid the heat as much as possible. Is there anything else they could be doing to prepare for heat like this? Not really, Clarky. I think um, they're doing a fair bit of training down at the uh, the Narrabina Sports Academy where Manly trains. So yeah, I guess it's just about acclimatisation, isn't it? Actually, Clarky, I was going to ask you a question. Manly versus Penrith. There's a bit of a difference there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there is. Ocean yeah. breeze versus... Yeah, there is a bit of ocean breeze down there, but still got... Yeah. Still very hot this time of year, but yeah. when you're in India, Clarky, for test matches or the IPL, I mean, you know, how suffocating was that heat? Because I'm interested to get your version. The Indian heat may well be different to the Australian it's heat. I understand heat. that it might yeah. be drier, yeah. but playing in those conditions must be oppressive. Yeah, I think cricket's different to, to rugby league as well. Like you can, apart from if you're batting in, you know, in a short form game where you've got to sprint the whole time when you hit it. You can really, you can still get your get air in. You know, a bowler gets to walk back to his mark. You get you know, a fielder. You can you can manage it as as much as possible. Even batting, get up the other end. You can get some some air in. But oh, you, the heat, you definitely feel it. You know, I think again, preparation is important. You try and uh, acclimatize as as well as you can. You try and get to that country as soon as you possibly can to to get used to the difference in the heat. Because as you said, it's very dry. But I'd imagine in a sport, and laws know better than anyone, a sport like rugby league, you are you're at maximum fatigue after five minutes for the rest of the game. Oh, it's tough. I don't it, know how you get be, It'll be tough for the, the the Poms to come out here <sighs> to Australia and play out there at Penrith on Saturday night regardless. Even if it's 33 degrees. Yeah, let alone 37. It, let alone, yeah, close to 40. <sighs> uh, it, it, that'll be tough. And then you've got to get used to, you know, the sweat on the ball and handling and... Um, I think the fact that they're allowing more drinks breaks, 20-minute quarters, will help. Um, but they will be under-fatigued like they've never been under-fatigued before and playing against the champion team in Penrith. But we look forward to that game, and obviously it'll be a uh, terrific contest because you've got the champions of uh, both leagues, one over here in Australia and obviously over there in, in England. I'll tell you what, it's also a big weekend for Mudgy Bulldog, the annual charity shield game between the Dragons and the Rabbitohs. Good to see both these clubs getting out there early and putting a bit back into the town. Yeah, just before I get out of that, Laws, just what you were talking about out there at Penrith, the NRL has also uh, implemented uh, new rules that uh, has seen the interchange increase from 8 to 10, and the 18th man will now play the game. So there's five on the bench. So, again... Good measures brought in there by the NRL. Yeah, I wrote a story this morning, uh, Laurie, about Mudgee, and I spoke to the great Des Kennedy, the mayor of Mudgee, the legend that he is, and he gave me a couple of really good stats, Laurie. He said, since we have, we as in Mudgee, have been bringing the world, uh, the uh, Charity Shield, rather, out to Mudgee, that started six years ago. Uh, their increase in junior participation has gone from, or up by 35 to 40%. So it does prove to you and to me that if you can get the stars out to these country towns, it helps immensely. And I thought to myself, gee, while a lot of other country areas are really struggling and a lot of teams have folded, Laurie, you know, you guys went through it down there in June last year, although it looks like the Diesels are back this season. But here's Mudgee bringing the Charity Shield and another game 
through Manly to the Central West every year, they are up 35 to 40% in participation. And not to mention, Des said, each time there's a game out there, it pulls in about $1.6 to $1.8 million into the local economy. So it's a, it's a real reminder to all in rugby league how important it is to get these stars out into the bush and it does drive those kids to play rugby league and the proof is right there in what is happening out there at Mudgee. Uh, now, Craig Fitzgibbon, this new deal, is going to be at the Sharks for a long time. Yeah, I meant to bring this up with him, Mido. I remember the great man sitting too along from you who played for Canberra putting a bit of garbage on me last year on a back page story which said, we want Fitzy long term. Mm-hmm. Remember, Laurie? Uh, I can't remember, uh, Dean, yeah. but fill Steve me in. Steve Mace might have and said 20 years. Mm-hmm. So what did they sign him for 20 years, did they? No, it's, it's now <laughs> up to five, but we're only just starting right. out. So I'll wait for the apology, Laurie. In fact, I might even get it right now. There's what no do you apology coming, Dean. There'll <laughs> be <not>? no apology. <laughs> because I really worry when, and I'm concerned when you start calling me Laurie. So I knew something was coming. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great deal for Fitzy. Look, it's an extraordinary situation when you think he's only been coaching for one year. Uh, the deal locks him through to the end of 2027. That's the wrap that they've got on Craig Fitzgibbon. And I guess it's a it's a wrap to Loz for Fitzy. He had a lot of offers, didn't he, when he was under Trent Robinson mm. at the Roosters. And we all knew he was going to be a great coach and he was going to have a great work ethic. But he just sat back and he knocked back a couple of offers and he handpicked the one that he wanted. It seems to have been the match made in heaven. They finished second last year, Cronulla, albeit they went out in straight sets. But the new deal is, as I said, over three years, mm. and it guarantees him a spot in the Shire for five years. So we're already a quarter of the way there to my story coming true, Lord. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, they're a funny one, the Sharks, because it wouldn't surprise me if they finished top four again or miss the eight. Yeah, I, I can't I, look at I, I, I look at their team and I think he, he did a great job with them last year. Um, they did have a good draw. Um, they, they've, I think they've got some talent there, but I don't know. When I look at them and compare them to some of the other teams, I'm, I'm thinking, did they overachieve last year? And will they fall Laurie, back? there's about six teams, I reckon, that are, in my opinion, in that same bracket. I can't work them out. I can't pick whether they're going to be top four or they're going to run 14th. There's only a few teams in my eyes that are, you know, the Roosters will be there, you would imagine. Yeah. The Panthers are going to be there. But there's the Bulldogs. Can they rise? Can the Tigers rise? Can Parramatta come back again? Can yeah, the they're they're a back? question mark, aren't they, pa- Parramatta? There's yeah. a lot of them out there. Yeah. What about the Cowboys, Laurie? That was, you know, was that a one-off year? Melbourne Storm have lost a lot in the depths. Uh, they're now without Justin Ollum and Ryan Pappenhausen potentially for the first month. So there's a lot in that bracket of I really just can't quite get my head around where they're going to be. And in my eyes, there's only is it two that are guaranteed to be right up mm. there. But does it make for a good competition? Yeah, I guess it does. It's that, that uncertainty I, I, is what people love. Well, I think it does, Bulldog. And you mentioned the Melbourne Storm with Pappenhausen and Justin Ollum. And if they're out for an extended period, the Storm could start slow, whereas they've been in the past strong starters. You know, they haven't lost a first-round game under... Craig Bellamy, and they've got Parramatta first up here in Sydney at Combank Stadium. So 
Um, that'll be a challenge. Uh, the Raiders are another one. Uh, uh, you know, I can see the Raiders having a good year, or if they get a few injuries, they might go out the back. But it hasn't started great for young Saviour Savage. No, it certainly hasn't. Uh, I checked in on the Raiders uh, yesterday, actually, Loz, and they did confirm four to six weeks. So I guess we're a week or two away from starting. So if it is closer to four, yeah, he might only miss a couple of games. Uh, no replacement picked just yet, but there is a feeling around the Raiders camp that uh, Jordan Rappiner may well go back to fullback, but certainly he's exciting. Uh, Xavier Savage, it's a bad start for him personally and for the Raiders. Just on that previous topic, Laurie, what about South and Manly? There's yeah. two others I can't quite get my head around. South are obviously an exceptional side, but the window's been open now for four years. Does it start to close? And Manly, Laurie, I'm thinking, are they 15th or are they 4th? Well, Again, I, 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 we did a preview, Bulldog, about Manly, and I said, if you could promise me that Tommy plays over 20 games, I'll have them making the finals. Yeah, that's fair. You know, it, it, the, the record, you know, when he plays, 75% winning record. Yeah. So, so well, if he plays over 20 games, you're thinking they're going to win the majority of their games and they play finals football. So a lot depends on him. Uh, South, strong roster. We saw what Latrell could do last year. Um, you know, they've made, what was it, five straight prelim finals, Mido? Mm. You know, can they Four go that extra final, yes. Yeah, you know. Can they go that extra shot? Like Penrith, um, you know, we know the production line they've got out there and they're missing a couple of uh, key players out of their grand final winning team, Coruscant and Kickow. Um, you know, where, where are they at? Does that mean they go backwards or we just assume that they're just going to keep rolling player after player through into this team and they don't miss a beat? I'm confused about the Bulldogs, Laurie. I mean, they've recruited well. Yes, we know that. But the roster is certainly... Uh, considerably stronger than what it was. It's a new coach, it's a new dawn, a new era. But, you know, do they still have the cattle to get there? Do they have the spine to get there? Everyone's talking them up, and it's great. We love Canterbury, famous old Sydney side, and we want them to be successful. But, again, I I can't put them in my eight categorically right now, Laurie. No. Well, I I think, you know, it's going to... When you look at all the sides, you could make a case for them. It's just going to be a matter of how quickly they gel and hopefully they don't get too many injury concerns and it'll come down to the teams with the best depth. Like you look at the West Tigers and, you know, they've recruited outstandingly well uh, in the off season and Appy Corusau was named hooker um, two nights ago. Just on him becoming hooker, I haven't got an issue with it. I think he's a, he's a really good choice, but we spoke about it on the program the other day, and I'm unsure of whether you know where he's up to at this stage in terms of his contract negotiations. But Adam Dewey, we thought that Adam Dewey was a, a leader uh, for the West Tigers, so he's missed out on being captain. And I think Mido said they've only offered him a one-year deal. So do you read in yeah. anything into that? Yeah, I know contract negotiations are moving, Laurie, not going at a express pace, I guess you could say. But look, I was surprised with Appy. Uh, he hasn't played there yet. Uh, you know, there was that cheeky post-grand final comment, having a dig at the Tigers. Yeah, I'm not going to hold that in. No, you. mate, he's it having a few drinks in, the next day. No sleep. Exactly. But I must admit, my first thought was Brooks or Dewey. Perhaps Brooksy, given the pressure he plays under every year, doesn't need the burden of captaincy. Alex no. Swales, another one who's mm. very 
well respected there. I was sort of looking into it too, the fact that I know they've offered Mitch Moses a contract. And does that say anything about are they sort of having a 50-50 each way bet? On Dewey. On Dewey, yeah, with with Moses. Are they still thinking that Moses' possibility of coming? And then if it does, where does that leave them with Dewey or Brooks? Because one of them would have to make way, I'm assuming. I checked in with Parramatta yesterday, Laurie. I got two texts the day before. One was adamant that Mitchell Moses will re-sign at Parramatta. And the other one, from another reasonably good source, was just as adamant that he was going to tell Parramatta this will be his last year and he's off to the Tigers. I just can't work out, though, Laurie, how they could possibly squeeze Moses in, if you believe the figures that we're reading in terms of his annual salary, and Luke Brooks. You're two halves, well over a million dollars each. I just don't know how they could possibly do that. You're throwing an Adam Dewey on, say, six, seven hundred and... The three bucks you've got in and around your halves are chewing up you know, 2.6, 2.7 million bucks reckon, of your salary cap. Uh, do you reckon Gus threw off saying that the Bulldogs are not interested in Mitch Moses? Don't know. You'd never know with Gus, Laurie. I'm not saying he tells lies or fibs, but you never really know with Gus. He, uh, he plays a lot of games. He knows that. We know that. But certainly the Bulldogs, yeah, they are prowling around for a halfback. Kyle Flanagan will be given first crack again this year and you know it's his chance and this is Kyle Flanagan's year. He really has to stand up this year and cement down that spot and I think he's good enough to do that. But my but my mail from the start was that Mitchell Moses would stay, Laurie, but I think Buzz might have written a paragraph or two or a few weeks ago suggesting that the the deal for West Tigers might be up around $1.4 million a year. So money, if that's spot on and Buzz's mail is generally right, it's hard to knock that one back. And, just remember, and it will be his last contract too, Laurie. Let's not forget that. This is Mitchell's last deal, yeah. and this is the one that will set him up for life. And just remember, Bulldog, as well, Brooks is off contract this year at the Tigers. So I know it's the notion is, oh, we'll get them back together, but Brooks won't be offered that sort of money next year, you would think, unless he has an absolute blinder this year. Yeah, they can't sign both of those. No. The money that they're talking about, Mitchell, it's just not possible. It would be one or the other. Mm. Now, uh, D- now, Dean... Can you stop calling me Laurie? What do you want me to call you? Oh, Loz. Snoz. I don't know. Just something. <laughs> Just don't call me Laurie. Call him Derek. Oh, well, you know Derek. <laughs> something. Yeah. I get, you know I'm, I'm worried when you start calling Champ. me Laurie. Champ. Champ, yeah. Champ, yeah. I want a Derek. That sits nicely with me. Yeah. Morton. <laughs> Morton. You can call me whatever you want. Let's not, let's not go there, Laurie. <laughs> One of the great names, I reckon. Give us, um, give us a margin in the what, World Cup gonna, Challenge. Uh, uh, you're not going to come back at that bulldog? No, no, I've just said to you, I'll call you Derek. It yeah. sits nicely with me. You are and you always will be a Derek. <laughs> now that's and better. You need Derek. Now that's better. World Club Challenge, you know, I, look, I think Penrith will be too strong. If the heat is what we think it'll be. And I Googled it the other day. The BOM says 36 at Penrith that day, but there's a... What's the BOM? Bureau of Meteorology. The Bureau of Meteorology. Derek. Um... <laughs> And there's another website that says My Weather. And My Weather says Penrith will hit 40. So certainly they've put it back by an hour or so, but it's still going to be sticking hot. I can't see St. Helens um, staying with Penrith. They might come out well, St. Helens. By halftime, they'll be in the game. But you just get the feeling the heat in their legs might wilt late. And I think Penrith can get away with a a comfortable win. You covering the game? Uh, uh, No. Match report, no? 
Uh, I'll be covering it for the mighty big sports breakfast weekend on Sunday. Right. Do you do match reports anymore? Uh, yes, yeah. we do some still, Loz. Yeah, it gets shared around. Are you personally, days. or are you too big for that now? I'm oh, probably a bit too big. Right. You just give them to the juniors, don't you? Yeah. You go out there, son. Just do the... Especially at Penrith. Timeline. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, Bulldog does. You know, I used to he do doesn't leave the you know, Manly Bureau, yeah. Bulldog. Yeah. You know, I used to do match reports in the old days. I mean, I'd be sitting in the box and preparing, getting myself, you know, into the into the right frame of mind and getting all my stats ready and preparing. And in it swaggered Derek, who was in the box next door working for Fox. But Derek had half an hour to kill, so because the superstar doesn't do anything except... Uh, just you know, get the free food and get his makeup on. So Derek would sit next to me and start chatting. I'm thinking, Sleeve how am I going to this? Yeah, Laurie. <laughs> yeah, you want the old three letters, P-O-Q? Mm. <laughs> Derek would chat away and chat about the weather, and I'm thinking, oh, this is not going to well, We well. chat more about other things rather than the weather. I don't think we just uh, talked no, about the weather. But Bulldog had his game first. <laughs> oh, Bulldog did. He used to, he, very routine Bulldog. Yeah. He'd get in, he'd sit down, he's, you know. Put the laptop out on the table, you know, you do a... It's called being tapping. professional. What's that? It's called being professional. <laughs> you are a professional, Bulldog. Thank you. Thank you, Bulldog. All right. Thanks, uh, thanks, boys. It's nice to be back. Um, I'm sure we'll have a great year. Hopefully, have lots of laughs and uh, we'll catch up soon. Uh, hopefully, with all three of us, we'll quite be Sounds good to me. See, See you, champion. Mate. All right. Okay, Champions League this morning. Round of 16, first leg. AC Milan 1-0 up against Tottenham. And uh, PSG and Bayern Munich is scoreless. Both these games hitting the, well, just very close to the 40-minute mark in the first half. The Australian women's cricket side won easily this morning against Bangladesh in their second match at the 2020 World Cup in South Africa. They won by eight wickets with 10 balls remaining. And Georgia Wareham, three for 20. She was a judge player of the match. But uh, Meg Lenning, also very good uh, with 48 not out or 49 deliveries, convincing. We're going to speak to Josh Kerr from the Dragons uh, shortly. Now, I've just seen we read out Adam Pengilly's tip earlier. Well, it's been scratched. Mm. High court. Mm. Uh, so he had high court. Race five, number two, unfortunately scratched. So uh, due to our phone issue, didn't get Adam on this morning. Um, He'll be happy about that now. Is your multi none from three? Oh, no. <laughs> sledge. Oh, Sledge. No, 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 just a question. Just no, a question. No, Sorry, I forgot I had my headphones on. None for two. None from two, okay. Oh, because one got... Uh, scratched. Scratched, okay. Yeah. Okay. My That's bad. all right. Sorry, just a question. Cool? Yeah, no. I'm yeah, no, that was asked good. out of love, not spite. Don't look at me like that. Sound like just, there's issues nah. there. Nah. Just, uh, just forgot I had my headphones on. Just wanted to know Loz's... He'll turn it around. Always do. Yeah, I'm... I'm with him. Don't worry about that. Yeah, same. Liar. Uh, Josh Kerr coming such up. a bad liar. Brad Davidson, <laughs> Dean Cox, Sydney Swans <laughs> assistant coach, and we'll speak to John O'Shea uh, later this morning as well, uh, ahead of uh, what is a great weekend's racing coming up with the Hobartville and the Black Caviar Lightning as well down at Flemington this weekend. Uh, but uh, Josh Kerr coming up ahead of the Charity Shield match on Saturday in Mudgee. And just a reminder, those kickoff times have been moved due to the forecast. Very hot weather later in the week. So the Charity Shield goes from 3.30 kickoff to a 4.20 p.m. kickoff. The World Club Challenge in Penrith goes from 6 to 6.50. And they've even moved the kickoff for the match at the Sunshine Coast 
between the Brisbane Broncos and the North Queensland Cowboys on Saturday evening will kick off 35 minutes later as well. Yes, he's played 54 games since his 2019 debut and played in his fifth All-Stars game for the Indigenous side in that 28-24 win in Rotorua on the weekend. Josh, good morning to you. How are you? Good, thanks, guys. How are you guys going? Yeah, really well, thanks. And uh, well, you went and played in that All-Stars game in New Zealand. Everyone did for the first time in New Zealand. What was it like having that experience? Oh, mate, it was um, it was pretty special. Eh? Like, I was taken back. Like, I, I, we went over there and they did like a like a traditional welcoming that they did on one of the first days that we went over there. And Like, it's something that I can't really explain, but it was just everyone was kind of just in awe of it. And it was kind of like, I was nearly in tears. Like, I was sitting there going, like, very envious of uh, their culture of how... I guess how all they're so strong and proud of it, uh, but it was it was an unreal experience. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, Curry? When you can experience another person's culture, but then understand your own culture, and a lot of the indigenous boys are still telling their own stories and finding out about each other. But again, mate, it's just a special week. Can you explain to our listeners? You know, I know we're there to play a game of football, but what you do throughout the week and how important it is to everyone that's involved in the game. Oh, it definitely is. It, it, the game is definitely more than 80 minutes that whole entire week. You know, it's the going out to the communities. You know, we wanted to do some work before we actually went over to New Zealand. So we went out to the communities back here. I went to Campbelltown. Some of the boys went to Redfern, out to Mount Druitt to just connect with the younger generation and hopefully to inspire them to connect more with their culture because... You know, when I first came into the camp, I was you then. Obviously, I wasn't really as proud as what I am now, and as knowledgeable, and you know, I wasn't as staunch as I was with my culture now. But this camp and what it did for me in particular, um, it made me so proud of who I am, and wanted to represent that and take that back to, you know, my community and my club, and to sort of like, I guess, help educate people on that. And that's what the game's about. You know, it's it's about giving kids, like, you know, I guess confidence and the ability to stand up and say, you know what, I'm, I'm a proud Aboriginal person because I guess a lot of our people, you know, in days gone by that they haven't been able to do that and felt proud like that. So the idea of this entire game, is, that entire week is just so special. And, you know, it is for me and my family. And um, I know everyone might not agree upon it, but as long as you respect it, that's all we care about. Yeah. Josh, you mentioned, you know, taking that back to your community and then also your club. Tell us about how the Dragons are going. Obviously, there's there's always expectation with the Dragons, but I think there's a bit of pressure, certainly at the start of the season, for you boys to get off to a good start. How, how's, how's everything going there? Oh, at the moment, it's going real well. But, you know, I, I say it every year, you know, talk is cheap at the moment. Yeah. And yeah. we've always had the team to do it, but we just haven't done it yet. And... Um, you know, it's, it's crazy because I say it every year as well, but I reckon this is dead set the best pre-season we've had with all the new faces that have come in as well. And, you know, we've got some blokes in some key positions. You know, Jacob Little's coming to the hooker role and he's, he's outstanding. You know, he's young, he's fresh set of legs, he's fast. Um, we've got Zane Musgrove coming from the Tigers as well and he's a real big, powerful sort of person in the middle to have as well. And, you know, like we just need a, we need a win. And, I, like, the thing is at the moment, pre-season, everything's done well, but we haven't lost any games yet. And that's when your team, you find out how resilient you are as a club and as a team. And, and it's no secret. Look, we might lose one or two games and all of a sudden the coach is under the firing line again in the media. We are again. But, you know, we had a good a good uh, chat yesterday with um, Mark Gaznia and he came in and spoke to us about what it was like with them back in 2010 when they won it. And, you know, they lost the first six games or something like that. And, 
you know, is about building resilience within your team and, and having a goal and sticking to it no matter what, what's going on in the outside. Um, we just need to keep at that because I can't sit here and just tell you all how well it's going. I know it's going to go bad at times as well, but it's about how we, you know, if we can get through those tough times, I reckon we've probably struggled as a club to do that, to get through those tough times. And I know it's kind of hard because we, we seem to always be in the paper for something, but... You know, this is the year that we need to do it. You know, it's just about actually putting those words into actions. And I feel like, you know, for me personally, this is the year for me to do that. And if everyone else gets on board with that, we'll, we'll be a better club for it. Yeah, I think you're spot on there, Curry. I think handling adversity is something that all good teams are able to overcome because every period, there's sometimes during a season where every club faces a challenge and it's how you handle that challenge which makes you more resilient and you come out of that being... Uh, a more united team. And I think that's a, a strong area that the Dragons need to improve. And you, you guys have identified that and, and hopefully have, have fixed that. But I, I'm really thinking for the Dragons this season to have a good year. Yes, the experienced players need to do well. But these young guys, they've got plenty of ability. They've got to take the next level. And one person in particular I'm looking forward to seeing play is Tyrell Sloan. I know what a player he is, and I heard him recently, or read somewhere recently, sorry, that you know he was he, he was sort of sulking a little bit there towards last year when he never got an opportunity. But he's gone away, he's worked hard, and he gets first crack at this number one position. Geez, I'm really excited for what he can do in this competition this year. Oh, mate, he can. He's definitely like someone who's going to be an exciting player for the future, and he definitely does have a big future ahead of him, but. I was kind of in the same boat as well. I was unsure what was going on last year. And, you know, I've said it recently, and I've said it in the media as well, like I didn't really have the best relationship with Hook last year as well as Sloane and a lot of the boys. But, you know, to Hook's credit, he went away in the off-season and he, he changed a lot. And he's come back with a fresh mindset. And it was, it's kind of night and day from what he was last year. And he's brought in some new coaches as well. So the whole... I'd like the process of coaching with what we've got with Ryan Carr as our attack coach and Ben Wolf as our defence coach... It, everything is just a breath of fresh air and mentally going into training now, like last year was kind of like, I felt like I was walking on eggshells, but this year it's completely night and day different. I'm loving every second of training. Hook's done awesome to go home and he's helping coach us all. He's doing a real good job. And, you know, I can't wait because Sloaney, I can just see the confidence that he had from last year to what he is now. He's leaps and bounds ahead of where he was. Josh, I love oh, you. I can't wait. Sorry, mate. Sorry to interrupt. I love your honesty there about last season. Can I ask them? Because we see this a lot with teams, but very rarely is it spoken about. How do you deal with that as a player? Do you, you know, you've been around for long enough. Do you go to training like you say and you're too scared to say anything? Do you approach your coach one-on-one? Do you grab some of the senior players? How do you... How do you get around that uh, in a team sport? Because I don't think it's spoken about enough, but the truth is it happens in every sporting team all across the world where you're not always going to get on with someone. And if that's the coach or the captain or a senior player, it can be difficult to approach them and have that conversation. Oh, mate, definitely. And it's it's kind of the mental aspect of it as well. Like yeah. you don't want to look like a... You know, people don't really realise that on the outside. I, like, I know rugby league's a great sport and, you know, we do get paid well to do what we love doing. But every day is just like, like last year, rugby league's my happy happy place and training's my happy place with yeah. my mates. And you don't want to go down and be a damper on that. And, you know, like going into training, you, you know you're not happy. Um, but it, it, I'm great that I've been here for a while. I've built some great relationships with some, some of the older boys, you know, and they've helped me mentally to sort of get back and... Like, you're right, I went and spoke to the coach. I felt like 
last year I wasn't getting the right coaching that I needed. Um, I didn't know what to do. I was kind of lost, and that's why I was sort of kicking stones. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I felt like I didn't look at myself in the mirror hard enough and say, what can I do better? Mm. You know, I do extra training and all that, but I, there's always something more I can do. And I feel like it's probably a good learning curve as a young man as well to go in there and see, like, things aren't always going to be as pretty as I want them to be, but I need to find a way. And I, that's the mindset I've come into training this year. Um, like I said, you know, I'll, I'll give my, I take my hat off to Hook because he went through a rough off season. The poor fella lost his old man, but he came in with a good attitude and he's he's done well. He's leaps and bounds ahead of where he has been since he's been at the club, and he's helped me a lot as well, Hook, this year, in particular this preseason. Um, so I, I don't want to like, I don't want to fall into that trap again of talking about how well it's going to be. You know, we haven't lost any games yet. Um, we just need to see how we handle that adversity. But at the moment, everyone um, has gone leaps and bounds of where we were last year. And like I said, I can't thank Hook enough for what he's done. Yeah, I, I think you've hit the nail on top of the head there, Curry. I think when you can address the issues that are happening in your club, that's the sign of moving forward and moving forward quickly as a group. And I think if everyone's got the same mentality as you, people that had some issues last year, then you'll be a more united club this year and you'll see that with your actions on the field. One guy that just had an enormous year last year was Ben Hunt. How's he come back from the World Cup? Yeah, he's just like, it's pretty rat's ass, honey, isn't he? <laughs> he, just, he just somehow, he just, he'll just rock up. He knows he's one of the last ones to kind of rock up here. He's one of the first to leave. He's, he's got a long drive ahead of him back up to up uh, Cronulla Way every day and you know, the way he carries himself, so he's just one of those characters that I just can't, like, I can't explain and, like, he just carries weight around, you know, like, you see Ben Hunt and you know you're kind of just going to be okay and that's why when we, you know, he has, he is pretty injury prone, I wouldn't say injury prone, but whenever he does cop an injury, you understand how much of a loss that is for your team because just his knowledge and when he sits there and things don't go right and he addresses the team and I really love that about Honey that he's just that leader that, like, it must be like, I don't know, I don't want to like go too far ahead by saying too much, but he's kind of seems like we LeBron James to the Lakers sort of thing. And, you know, he just his presence that he has within the team, you know, like if he is playing that you're going to be okay. So he's come back in pretty good nick too. Like he's always kind of fit honey and he's come straight back into, he's kind of like another coach as well, which is good. So, but um, mate, he's, he's awesome at the moment. Hooks named you on the bench in the charity shield in Mudgee on Saturday, Josh, but uh, you took the early plea for that shot on James Fisher-Harris and copped a fine out of the All-Stars game. How worried were you about potentially missing weeks? Yeah, I, I didn't even... Like, I sort of shit myself. So, oh, sorry for saying that. Um, <laughs> after, I, did a, I did an interview after the game, and I'm not about that life. Like, I'm not that sort of player that gets on report, and that's I actually had no idea that... Um, I was going to get in trouble because I didn't think two things of it. We just won and I was pretty excited. And then I got asked in an interview, do you think you're going to miss weeks? And I was sort of just, you know, I was like, oh, no. Like, what's the odds? But, you know, I don't know. I feel like there's, when, I, when I did it, you don't ever actually purposely go out to hit someone in the head. Like, you've got their captain trying to run out of a corner after you put a good kick into the corner. And you obviously want to hurt them, not in the fact of a long-term, you know, brain damage, but you want to sort of make them winded or you want to make them sore. But, you know, I, I was kind of like in two minds too because, you know, I feel like we can't say the things that we want to say. Like, in my opinion, you know, we, we want to brush the game rugby league. We want to paint it with this brush that it's the toughest game in the world, which it, I reckon, in my opinion, that it is. 
Mm. And unfortunately, sometimes it might be a head higher, and it's not on purpose. It's definitely accidental. We're, pa- we're playing a, a gladiator sport. Like that's why people love watching it. It's tough, and it's hard, and not everyone can do it. That's why you watch it. It's awesome, but I don't want to miss games because we play the hardest game in the world, and you accidentally cop someone on the lip, gave him a bloody lip, and all of a sudden I could have a chance of missing a few weeks. So I was a bit off. That was my sort of thing. I, I understand that the game's heading in it. I think I'm sort of scripted to say, oh, mate, you know, I'm lucky, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, just, I'm not about it, really. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just honest. So. Yeah, I yeah, love I'm, your honesty, mate, I guarantee well. you. Yeah. A lot of people listening are just nodding, going, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw, we went out that night. It was my birthday as well, so I had a few beers after the game, and I saw him out after, shook hands and said, no hard feelings, and he was he was sweet the entire time. So that's how it should be, in my opinion. But, it's the game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, refreshing honesty. Great to chat to you, Josh. And uh, look, good luck for the season and particularly this weekend in Mudgee as well. And enjoy the week there too in one of the great parts of New South Wales. I oh, appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much for that. Brad Davidson, good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. How are we going? Yeah, really well, thank you. Now, Tom Marquand, I saw Dorothy Gale yesterday. I saw some news on the filly that fell in the English Millennium that uh, she'll be out for a, an extended period. How's Tommy Marquand, the jockey? Yeah, unfortunately for the horse there, guys, a little fracture in the knee, so we'll need um, six months plus on, on the sidelines. Um, Tommy Marquand, look, he's recovering, guys. Um, cleared of a serious injury there, just pretty banged up and, and sore was... He's uh, report there over the weekend. So, look, cleared of serious injury with that shoulder, which is good, but not sure how long he'll be out. But, um, yeah, he's just recovering at the moment. But, yeah, very nasty fall there in the English Millennium and hopefully have Tom and the horse back uh, as soon as possible. We see, uh, see we've got Nature Strip back at the races this weekend. Yeah, we do, Loz, in the, in the Lightning down there in... Uh, in Melbourne, and it'd be interesting to see he's been trialling well, so all the signs are good that he's back. Maybe he just raced a little bit tired towards the end of last preparation or did the overseas trip catch up with him. I suppose we'll, we'll find out more this weekend, but look, he's likely to start pretty short there down in the Lightning. Um, you know, at his best, he should take care of those, but as we said, he's still got to come back and prove it. He is getting on now, and sometimes when they go overseas, they do struggle to get back to their best, as we've seen with plenty of horses in the past, so... Um, some little queries there, but doing everything right at the trials, and no doubt will be well supported there on the on the weekend in the Group One down there at Flemington. King's Gambit is a two dollars seventy favourite in the All In Market with Tab for the Silver Slipper on Saturday. Do you expect him to bounce back, Davo? Well, it gets a really good opportunity, Jared. There's, uh, you know, not the strongest Silver Slipper we've seen, and he'll uh, he'll definitely get his chance to to bounce back. Uh, I know the team was saying it got a bit warm and. Didn't really handle the heat there too well first up and was obviously beaten by a pretty nice horse too. So be interesting to see how he goes because uh, no doubt the boom was, was lowered there first up. But if he can bounce back with a bang, then he's going to go into the slipper as one of the major fancies. So obviously they decided to keep him in, in Sydney. Um, you'd think the Blue Diamond extremely unlikely for him being a week later. So uh, all sort of focused towards uh, the Golden Slipper and, yeah, gets his chance to bounce back, but he needs to there on, on the weekend. Have you got a best bet anywhere today? Yeah, I've gone race one, number nine at Sandown Sky Writer there. I, I didn't mind High Court at Ramwick, but unfortunately they scratched there, waited for another day. I thought it was a great race for that horse. I'm surprised they scratched even though they drew wide. So race one, number nine, Sky Rider at Sandown. Does look hard to beat there in the opener. It's about even money, but uh, really good run on debut. And if it reproduces that, 
Uh, it's clearly the best performance in that race. Okay, Skyrider, $2, race one, number nine there at Sandown today. Dave, you have a good day. You too, guys. Speak tomorrow. Cheers.